weatherly report with Chris one time a podcast about while I'm editing shit before I send it off to you yeah so I just I have my template as soon as I open up Reaper 12 tracks all come in and just assign one through four one through four one through four yeah mine's set up where by default well I had it's not by default by default it goes to nothing but I have templates built yeah. So I just pull in the template for if it's a song we're going to record, I have a template for that. Whereas Easy Drummer's already loaded on track one, uh, you know, you got vocals coming in, then bass, then whatever, yeah. you know. So it's it's laid out already. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's really good to simplify the the early setup process, the first step that you have to do when you sit down to record something. Yep. It's really beneficial to your uh, to your time management if you already have that stuff set up. Yeah. Well, like, you can. It's very easy to lose inspiration fast. Like recording a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice little segue. Yes. What's up, brother? Ah, uh, dude. Um, we've been busy. We have been very busy. We've had a lot of fun lately. Yes, we absolutely have. Um, on the last few podcasts, you guys have heard about all the people we've been working with. There's, uh, and we mentioned on the last podcast all the releases that are coming out. Uh, so please refer back to that podcast, but check out Mike Newberry, uh, The Hill I'm Gonna Die On, uh, August, August Split. Split, which is Anadonia, uh, Dead Men Don't Dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, keep listening to our stuff. Yes. It's really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Milton J. Um, he's got a track coming out called Zooted Linguist uh, that we did the Mix and Master on. Um, so that was interesting. That was new for us. I mean, was it was the first hip-hop rap track yeah. we've done. Um, Dude, you crushed the Medi. I had a great time with that. Yeah. I um, mean, it helped that they were all waves. Well, yeah, it did. They were still Medi. Yeah, they were. But I think we got them really warmed up, or I think it sounded... Natural. Natural. Mm-hmm. Um, Natural synthesizers. Natural synthesizers. Well, it's yeah, more or less. That's the best way to say it. Maybe they're going through a tube signal path, something like that. But it gave it that flavor. But um, the most interesting part was getting the vocal mix. Um, I definitely came into it with one idea of what I thought fit the mix. Right. Um, Milton gave me some feedback after the first reference uh, mix we sent him mm-hmm. um, that he was looking for something less. Uh, well, this is the this is the biggest difference between genres of music and where oh, yeah. you stand for mixing and mastering for for Weatherly band music. Um, we like our vocals a little airy, but still full and contextual to fit and, the and music. And up front, and up front, right. present. You know, we we. I mean, essentially, if I could, I would have drums in my mix first, then add a little bit of bass, and then put my vocals on top of it. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of fill in the rest of it. You just you know? described exactly how I mix when I start a mix. Well, fucking obviously. That's I'm what I do. talking to our listeners. <laughs> they might have given up, given up on us by now. Nah. I know. We're putting out way too much good music. It's just a lot God, of God, there now. are some talented local musicians in Baltimore. It's it, Bel Air. Yeah. That's Bel-Air thing. They're just alone. within, you know, 20 minute distance around us, there's a ton of really talented people. It's fantastic. It's been but a pleasure. What about our music? Weatherly it's Album amazing, 2. amazing, dude. Weatherly Album we 2. We are writing some awesome shit right now. But I'm really, uh, 
I'm, I'm waiting for the day that me and you look at each other once all of the songs are written on the album and we're like, all right, let's record them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because every time I've written a new, I've, I've added something to one of our songs or I've written something myself, I just keep slowly and minutely evolving my sound into exactly what I want to bring into my doll mm-hmm. from a studio musician's perspective. Like, and it's just, it's so nice to sit back and enjoy that sound. But by the time we're done writing all of the songs for the album, I'm, I'm really excited in. to where it's going to be sitting at. Well, and you know what? It doesn't mean we'll trash what's already there either, though, because there may be cause to, like, double it out with a previous version and another tone. I know, but that's the problem. Well, that that's why I'm like, we're, we're going to wind up recording everything Again, Again, but what they're sitting at right now, even Carry On, we've released Carry On. Yeah. My sound's evolved a little bit since Carry On. Not yeah. much. Um, I think I might have just backed off of my gain of my boost a little bit. So that way I'm not as dirty when I'm on my neck pickup. Yeah, from that perspective, maybe, yeah. I don't think it really affected anything with my bridge. No. I mean, not that I can tell. Yeah. I need new pickups for my Schecter. Sorry, Mike. It's a you- fucking beautiful guitar, you asshole. <laughs> Our boys from nothing. These guys are awesome, man. They are. They are fantastic. Fellow Pig Hog artists. Absolutely. Great musicians and amazing supporters of local music. Absolutely. I have really enjoyed following every single one of them on Facebook. Me too. And they've been really good about social media posting. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're on point. They've got their game down. They know yeah. what they're doing. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Those guys are impressive, even though Mike fucking hates actors. <clears throat> hey, man, I'm not the biggest fan either. Yeah. But I can't say that the tone of them is bad. I just don't like playing them myself. I want I want to get I want to find some pickups that I can match tonal, tonally pretty similar. But I I want I want the option to split. Okay, so you just want coil splitting? Yeah. But it's going to be hard to match the the tone of those because I mean they're they're cheap. Check their pickups. Then go to Damasio. Yeah, I mean that's where you're going to get that tone. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get it out of Seymour Duncan's at all. I'm still. I, I don't think I've ever talked about this on a podcast. So I want to find a pickup manufacturer <laughs> to make a pickup for me, and I want a humbucker, a split humbucker for my bridge, but the front side. I want a push-button sustainer, but I still want to be able to wire it and toggle it as a solid humbucker or two individual single coils. That'd be an interesting one. There are no single coil pickups that are sustainers. Like It alters the sound regardless because of how much coil it is wrapping it. Right. And I mean, I guess probably the... The magnet position as well inside, right? I don't know. I think I'll find an electrical engineer. Yeah, I don't know enough Taylor. about pickup design for that. Taylor. Taylor. You better be fucking listening. You've commented <laughs> on the last, like, three podcasts. He's going to, like, text me in a couple of days and be like, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That dude's um, a badass guitarist. There's a couple we could go to um, and just propose the idea and say, mm-hmm. listen, this is something we've dreamt up. Not asking you to make it, not asking you to do anything. Is this possible? And if not, 
understanding, you know, the idea that I want to have from it. What what's what, another way to get there? Yeah. yeah. Or what's a better alternative than what I'm talking about? And how do I right. get that as a signature? Yeah, this is what I'm looking for. Tell me how that can actually be done. Because I could probably <laughs> go through and just start calling out random timestamps. And there are going to be the timestamps of our album where I would be pushing a little fucking button. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have had exactly what I wanted other than cheating a little bit. God love the digital age. And now that I've pointed out, people are going to be like, oh, suck. But <laughs> going through and actually just copy and pasting to make my note longer. <laughs> yeah. It can be done. It, it, I did do it. It is done. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. It totally is done. Still. Hey, we've successfully done that shit on vocals. Oh, yeah. A couple times. We've used it to create some effects. Walk with me, my guitar part. Pre-chorus. Yep. Yeah, pre-chorus. I use it on bass. Through. I use it on some of my bass lines. Yeah, when they don't ring out too long. That's that's pretty easy to mask. Yeah. Bass is definitely a, a little bit... I mean, it's, the frequency range is longer. Right. Or wider. Right, right. That's good. ziggly zaggly. But I'm happy with the writing... For album two, man. I'm, I am too. I'm liking where it's going. Um, it's funny because this one we haven't written anything set, sitting down together. No. Like every song on the first album at least started that way except for Walk With Me. Yeah. And I mean, Shoegaze would probably be the closest one, but you only had two parts to Shoegaze before you turned it over to me. And then we sat yeah. down and built out the rest of it while we recorded it. Yeah, because originally I just had drums and guitar. Right. Well, originally you just had two parts that you posted on Facebook. Right, and right, video. right, just the video, yeah. I wrote my shit to that. Right. <laughs> right, and then when I turned over the actual project, all I did was, no, it was, I did acoustic bass and drums, mm -hmm. and then handed it off to you, and everything else was sound designed on that by you. I gave you a, a frame. Song. That was it. <laughs> There's a new plug-in that I want to go back and put across that song. Yeah. Yeah. Do we dare get into that rabbit hole? Dude. Or are we still waiting a little while? We're going to keep our listeners in suspense. Yeah. Gonna have, Kyle's head fucking blew up. And he has been talking about it nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I don't blame him. You mentioned it on August's podcast. Yeah, I mentioned this on his podcast. It's about, it's about summoning demons of music. The best way to explain it, the proper term would be uh, nonlinear summing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, most people achieve that by doing analog summing, which is bringing all your signals back out of your DAW, running them through some analog gear that is going to color the sound in a certain way, possibly create between-channel crosstalk, which will emulate mid-side processing. Right. And then bringing it back into the DAW as a two-channel after that, right? So it's basically putting that across a master bus externally to the DAW. Right. Okay? That's great. And there's even a way to do it exactly like that using uh, a Waves plugin mm -hmm. package that they have. It's like 50 bucks. You can create a console. It's, it's individually mapped every channel on a 32 channel you know ssl board so that if you put 13 ssl channels up there at one time each one of them would have been emulated off a different channel from the actual console right so you get all Giving the different color 
one of the different, you know, the slight harmonic variations in the channels and whatnot that you're going to get on any piece of analog gear. Mm-hmm. So you can create that inside your DAW. You can get all of that. You can get the crosstalk. The problem is it's sort of a set thing, mm-hmm. right? Whatever the amount of crosstalk you're going to get running through that box is what you're going to get on every mix. Now, bring in this plug-in. And I wish I had this thing pulled up because now I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I'm going to pull this up as we're talking. So it is a spatial processing plugin that you can put across a master bus that allows you to manipulate the midside crosstalk. Yeah. Such as you would do with an analog summing, but at a fixed vo- at a fixed rate. Right. So you can add more of your mid side, or more of your mono to the sides of the mix as well. Yeah, when you say mid side, you your initial thoughts think okay, the middle of the mix versus the sides of the mix. You're thinking of it in context of a an arc. That's not the right way to think of it because technically, like a maze when you first look in it, because you have your mono inside in the center then you have your full stereo field which is what you're looking at and right. then you have your mid side which is i just kind of view it as like the the archways down to a tunnel it's all the stuff that's right in there yeah and in a way that visually that's correct from an audio standpoint it's the mono signal and the stereo signal mm-hmm. and it's blending the mono and the stereo signal manipulating that very slightly yeah. So that the ultimate resulting stereo signal coming out has that crosstalk that you're looking for. So <clears throat> now you have the ability to actually manipulate how much crosstalk you're getting, which not many of the summing boxes out there do that. They have their inherent crosstalk of an analog piece of gear, mm-hmm. which is what you're trying to emulate here. Now you can actually manipulate that. Now that becomes exciting. Bringing it out here, you get one flavor of whatever piece of gear you decided to buy, right? And how it sounds, and you're running that back. Yeah, and you're running that back into your DAW, and you're making that part of your signature sound. If you really like it, and it does exactly how what you would want to do to every mix you do, Mm -hmm. then maybe that's a way to go. Right. It's a very expensive way to do it, also. But if you can do this plug-in, uh, and i got to pull this up as we're talking, it allows you to not only accomplish that, but also... Manipulate it. Manipulate it. Um, here we go. So, Matthew Lane. Um, Matthew W. Lane, I think. No, it's just Matthew Lane. Sorry. Reading that funny. Um, MatthewLane.com uh, is where you're going to find these plugins. Uh, the particular one we're talking about is called the uh, Dr. MS or Dr. Midside. All I can say is there's a bunch of YouTube tor- 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 tutorials on it out there. It would behoove you to go watch them. Absolutely. There's uh, one guy, I think it's on life altering mixbus.com, I think, or something like that, was the particular YouTube channel. I should actually call him out because it's a very good uh, 
It's a very good tutorial on it right there. Mixbus.tv. Um, yep, there we go. Um, Mixbus.tv, his YouTube channel. Find the uh, review uh, and the demonstration of that plugin on his channel. My mind fell out of my body on the floor, and I went floating away from it we'll when I watched that video. We'll, we'll tag it and put a link to it in Perfect. the comments. Perfect. We um, might as well. We we I think we mentioned before that we were gonna we were gonna keep it to ourselves for a while. Yeah. But no, let's let's have some conversations about this. Yeah. Because let's get I'm some gonna questions be, about this that we can answer on another podcast. For that would you. be excellent because. Because it'll force us to learn more about it as well. Yeah. Because when I sat there and watched this this YouTube video with you, and I watched him just move the one knob, adding more of the and you lost your mind into the stereo, <laughs> and blending it. It literally, I don't know. It was transcendent. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It was transcendent. It made me so happy. It That's made all me I can so say. happy. Absolutely. Um, so we're gonna be learning the plugin. Yeah. Figuring out how I will, all We're that functions. We're going to review it at some point, too. Yeah, at we some point. To. Absolutely. Um, but basically, the only thing I could say is, over the course of figuring all this out and getting to this point and finding this plug-in... We bought it. We bought it. <laughs> After Chris watched the video, he threw his credit card at me and said, buy it. Um, I said, okay. I was going to upgrade my interface, but eh, this <laughs> is more important. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Um, so... What was I going to say? Um, Man, you're uh, really going to make me edit some of these, aren't you? I know, but I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Mm. It doesn't matter. It's fucking phenomenal plug-in. Absolutely. And all, oh, that's right. The next few days are going to be me sitting here fucking with that plug-in across previous mixes mm-hmm. and figuring out how it functions. Yeah. Um, and then once I totally understand it, now the the bright side of all of this is over the course of getting to this point i learned a hell of a lot more about what summing actually was just good knowledge to have right and what its function and how it was done you could do it in groups or individuals across the mix or individual buses and all those different things you can do with it but number two understanding true mid-side processing yeah because i kind of understood the concept but i didn't think about it in the way that this plugin works. And it kind of makes you look at the process differently, and it makes a lot more sense to me. Um, so kudos to Matthew Lane because it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And I cannot absolutely. wait to get but I mean, playing the, with it. The, the, the scary thing is is that this process is could be catastrophic to your mixes. Oh, it if you're not using it, it properly, it, it can is destroy going, it. It will destroy everything. Yeah, this is one of those like a a very little bit goes a very long yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. And if you go anywhere beyond that, you're getting into I'm trying to make it sound funny, mm-hmm. or I'm trying to make it sound trashed. Like you could take something like this and put it across a bunch of guitars and turn them into sandpaper. You know, it would. I, you could get there. It would be. Oh yeah, I'm just sure destructive. But I think that little bit, man, it just sweetens everything up. It, it provides the nonlinearity that you lose being totally digital. Mm-hmm. 
Now, yes, you can. Well, get- I mean, digital is perfection. Right. It's exact. Now, not faltering. The thing, unless it, shit just goes to hell. Which well, see, kind of happens. Sometimes. The thing is, is the argument goes well. There's people that are doing, you know, all their mixing in the box, mm-hmm. and they do all their summing in the box. They're not doing anything with plugins. They're not using anything like this, and they're making multi-platinum records. You know, uh, I believe that article cited Beyonce's producer as one right. that does everything in the box how, or whatever. How much of a difference is this going to make a mix when somebody's listening to it in the most common platform that we have these days, an iPhone with fucking earbuds? Right. So here's my only argument against that, right? That guy has a ton of analog gear on the front end. And a lot of fucking experience. So, if he's running every microphone through a whatever API, uh, universal audio, whatever channel strip or mm-hmm. pre or whatever he's running it through, well, you're in a piece of analog gear running through multiple pieces of analog gear before you even come into the DAW. You've created your nonlinearity on the way in. Yeah. Because you have the money to have all that rack gear. That's great. That would be ideal. I wouldn't be worried about doing any of this if I had all of that. But for the average home studio person yeah, absolutely. or somebody working towards making this a profession, yeah, you know, trying to create a competitive business model out of it where you can get the same type of quality as major multi-million dollar studios where people have that kind of money mm-hmm. to do all of that outboard gear. Yeah. You can get a hell of a lot closer. It's next level mixing. You know. Definitely next level mixing. It, yeah. It, it just makes all the sense in the world because. For something so fucking confusing. If you're just go, yeah, it does. <laughs> it's very fucking confusing. But, you know. I don't know. Once I understood the concept of nonlinearity and I figured out understanding how that's different from straight digital whatever, I, I I grasped it then. Yeah. Because it was that was I think the part that wasn't explained well to me prior. Well it's still an it's still an infant concept. I mean it, it as technology progresses with recording and engineering and the, the artistry behind it, so do issues like that or differences like that right. kind of occur. So this probably wasn't a thing. I mean, it definitely wasn't a thing 30 years ago when nobody had audio interfaces no. doing everything inside a box. You know, yeah, no. I'd, I'd you were say doing this, it this was probably starting to become an issue like 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, whenever digital recording started, essentially. But even then because of the way it was presented as technology because you know some of your first things were like the porta studio kind of things right. where you it was a studio in a box yeah. right so um i'm going with like mid 90s early 90s yeah but even then i mean those it's still a giant piece of hardware sitting there it's not a tiny interface that's yeah. just a bunch of circuit boards right. you know i mean it was you got LCDs and stuff built into it and all these different things that can create 
that odd harmonic content to create nonlinearity mm-hmm. even in those. So it depends. I don't know. It's just a matter of where that little bit of variation in tone can come from. And if that's not desired, then you know you have no problem mixing and mastering in the box. Like I'm still, I'm I'm still completely happy with the way that our first album turned out from a oh, yeah. standpoint. I think we, but I'm kind did of our best eager, to emulate that. I'm kind of eager to take a couple songs out of it and run this and through it. Run this through it and do some fine tuning on it and use those as our trials. Yeah. Um, the only I thing, don't know if I would like the mixes better. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. The original mixes we don't have because we reloaded plugs. So if we, I try to pull up one of those directories, all the plugins are going to be off. Hmm. So as I was unforced, we'd have to go back and put in eight on the master bus, figure out what that's going to be. We would have to redo the mix to start with. Oh, yeah. We had to do that on a couple of things recently. Yeah. Some of Mike Newberry stuff. Mm-hmm. Because you had done some preliminary work to it. Yep. Man. So you don't have to do that shit when you're upgrading external gear. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle's flipping me off right now. I'm on a I'm in an everlasting battle for external processing. I and here's the thing, I have oh, nothing I against it. Right now I just use them as inserts, but there's so much more I could do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have nothing against it. It's just way more expensive to go that way mm-hmm. and looks cooler <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't I'm not saying it doesn't um, I get more bang for my buck in capability yeah with plugins versatility alone right um, I, I still mean, it's, a lot easy, it's a lot easier to move something in a channel strip <laughs> on Reaper than it is to climb behind your fucking rack and start unplugging cables if you're not using patch bays. Right. But well, not you only that, have enough external equipment to warrant neat having a patch bay. Well, and not only that, I still have this weird thing against the concept of marrying myself to one preamp sound. You know? Um, yeah, but I mean, right now... If I buy a nice expensive outboard preamp... I'm going to run every vocal I ever do through that same preamp. What do you think of X-Max? The the Personas uh-huh. ones? You the, called out Personas on the last podcast. So uh, you, yeah. The X-Max preamps... Send us a fade report. Eight. We'll review it. Might send it back. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Here's the thing. I find them to be... Dull. I find them hollow. Yeah, that's probably like a good I'm way looking to say at a it. circle. Yeah, like I'm looking at the outer ring of an XLR input. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I hear. That's that's a very good way to put it. Yeah, they have no depth. Um, where it's Midas, it, I feel like I'm looking at the top of a cone. Midas, I feel they're full, I, but they're they're not as full. I I have this in, way on of, the front as they are on the backside. Yeah. Well, I view them like a hard disk. Like, it's a fucking quarter. Like, that's, you know, it's a, it's an iron. It's got mm-hmm. an irony feel to it, like a big chunk. That's the way I feel about the Midas's. Um, not a lot of color going on. Not a lot of... No. Not no. a lot of gain or not a lot of... 
peaks and stuff like that. But it's not just a lot a missing. But not a lot of mi- not a lot missing at the bottom. Either. Right, it's got all the punch underneath it. Yeah. Um, you know where the focus right pre's, at least the ones in this interface, uh, the um, Scarlet pre's, real nice airy top end mm-hmm. on them. Um, well balanced low end, but doesn't have quite the punch that the Midas's do. Um, the mids are pretty similar between both of them, but that airy top end on the um, focus right ones, uh, I really like, and that's kind of something they're known for anyway. Right. Um, but I like that, especially on like acoustics. Um, acoustics, percussion, anything where I want to feel the air around it makes a lot of sense to use the focus right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the focus right pre's and the um, Rode nt1 on the acoustic guitar was really uh was really a good pairing yeah for the album i agree that's what we relied on mostly yeah just kind of blended a di signal into it when we needed to for a little bit more girth on the 12 gauge the 12 gauge we just used for atmosphere most right. of the time we just used well, that's it because where we put it the reverb. nice room yeah we stuck the reverb over on that on nice me. room yeah Stick the reverb on the Omni. Yeah, blend it in. We should have we should have our listeners like ask us more questions. I mentioned it earlier, but give give us some more topics. You know to what else about. I would like to do? Here's a good we one. We need to do our competition. Okay, we do. But here's a whole another one. We've Not a competition. Fascinating on that shit. I would love it if another engineer that was listening to this podcast, yeah, wanted to take a swipe at mixing one of our tracks, one of our songs. Oh yes, absolutely. We'll dump you the whole project. Here you go. Let's see what you do with it. Yeah. I would love to do Anybody. that. Anybody. Okay. We'll Don't care. post on Facebook. Yeah. I'll put it out when I post this episode. Yeah. I mean, in full go hog wild, make it a dance song. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Produce the fuck out of it. I want to hear what you would do with it. So we just give them bass tracks? We just give them, yeah, just the dry tracks. Here's everything. Hmm. You can remix it. You can do whatever. It's giving a lot of people control. I don't. I don't feel comfortable with that. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it anyway because it does sound fun. That makes me a little off settling. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I would hope. I want one person that's going to mix it. You know, in the vein of what Weatherly is. Just how would they have approached it as a mix? Right. If somebody wanted to take a pass at doing something crazy with it, I'd love to hear it. There you go, August. Yeah. Do it. I'll 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 uh share the Dropbox folder with you. Alright. There you go. That could be fun. That could be real fun. We should throw it to Mike. Yeah. I mean you're talking about giving people control over mixing it. Definitely give it to Mike. See what he do to it be interesting yeah definitely i don't know that would be interesting a normandy wood perspective on weatherly because i mean i mean normandy wood did kind of influence weatherly pretty substantial oh very much so because we already we were already locked into what we needed to do to play in a band together oh yeah and so we knew how to compliment each other that influenced our writing big time I mean, that kind of structured the whole weatherly concept of playing uh, music together. Yeah, I wouldn't have written Shoegaze if it wasn't for Normandy Wood. Yeah. 
I'll tell you that right now. Like, I would not have written that song. Um, the feel of the original idea of that song mm-hmm. came straight out of that figuring out how to make rhythm guitar atmospheric and airy, but then translating that to acoustic. Mm-hmm. And just figuring out these open chord voicings and things that worked to create that. And then I ended up leaning it a little bluesy after that. Um, Gave it a little diversity. Yeah. Dude, my stomach's grumbling. I'm hungry. Yeah. Me too. It's late. Yep. We always record podcasts late. We do. Um, right, yeah. It was a good nerd out session with you. Good nerd out session. We need to do these more often where it's just we you do. and I shoot the shit. We do, and and hopefully, uh, hopefully our listeners benefit from it too as well because it's two musicians sitting in a studio figuring shit out. Yeah. So if you have any questions, any concerns, any thoughts, if we're saying something completely wrong and you're one hundred percent, and you one hundred percent know that you're right, then by all means, let's let's talk about it. Ask yeah. questions, like, share. If you have a different opinion, I don't mind hearing it. I like to hear your rationale behind it. All for it. If you think analog summing is the shit and it has to be done in order to create a quality record, I want to hear why. Yeah. Yeah. Because that seems like it's been on a... uh a, a war as old as time. Yeah. Well, the thing is, <laughs> even I'm, though it's only maybe fifteen years old. <laughs> well, my thing is, is, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. The concept of something that they're doing in an analog fashion is bad. It's a great concept that makes total sense. Yeah, the logic is sound behind it. You cannot refute that they both have right differences. You, you're creating crosstalk and nonlinearity. That's the purpose of the process. Mm-hmm. That's correct, and it makes a difference in a mix. You don't have to do it in outboard analog gear. Right. You can do it digitally. <laughs> you can perfectly do it digitally. <laughs> that true. makes it even... You know, no, sorry, that's making it sound the, like it's better. <laughs> I don't know if it is or not. I'm saying it can be done, and it's a lot less expensive. Right, absolutely. I mean, the only downside to that is uh, we don't... We wouldn't have to buy nearly as many cables from Pig Hall Cables as we do now. I don't think they make the DB25 like connectors anyway, and we'd need several of those. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. That's a lot of fucking output. I mean, we've had some channels that are some songs that have been like 32 tracks of like doubled shit. I mean, would we render those down into buses and oh, send yeah. the buses out? Lot of stuff was busted out, but yeah. So you're still, I mean, 32 with buses, you're still looking at like sending fucking. 18 out give or take more than that most of the time around 22 but then you're kind of defeating the purpose well yeah no but it doesn't matter i mean still once you bust all that stuff and send it out i mean jesus christ it's just (laughs) it's just a lot of setting up routing Mm -hmm. and you can try and template that but every song is going to be a little bit different and you're going to have to adjust the routing every time you add a track mm-hmm. just to make sure it's going out with the right subgroup over the right, left and right, going into the summing mixer. And then you've got it, then all the fucking cabling and shit well, you got to deal they, with. I mean, that's why it, it's it was a, a, when it originated being on boards, you had buttons to assign to 
So all you had to do for routing, all you had to do was just push a fucking right. button to route it to those buses. Right. Before it hit your master. Yeah. So it was definitely easier when you had a big ass piece of freaking gear sitting in front of you than a little box. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of my thing. So if you want to make the argument to record on that's a my argument to it. Big ass studio console. I want to do that. Is that the best way to do it? I'm lazy when it comes to I think it's to okay. Digital. I'm lazy when it comes to digital setups. If I could just lean forward and push a fucking button and I'm done, as opposed to clicking a mouse and typing in a number or scrolling down to find my number or whatever, I'd rather just push a button. I agree. Is being able to just push a button worth $40,000? Um, if I had $40,000 to spend? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't do it either. If I had $40,000 to spend to be able to push a button, I would probably have enough money that I could just sit back in a chair and I could just tell a guy to push the button for me. Fair enough. He'd be my professional button pusher. Great. <laughs> probably only cost me another forty grand. Probably. Now we're talking about buying people. <laughs> On that note. Employing. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. All right. My daughter's cold is now starting to catch up to me. Oh, yeah. Me and uh, me and mine were pretty sick last week. I still got some residual effects. Yep. It's been awful. All right, man. It's been good. Yeah. Check out. All Things Weatherly on YouTube, Pick Hog Cables, Kirk Manion Strings, Dr. MS, Matthew Lane. Go find that plug-in. And Music Land in Bel Air. Yep, yep. Larry and Jerry. Yeah, man. Our favorites. All great things. All right, guys. Have a good one. Peace.